Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast. We are the sustainable transformation nutrition coaches, and our show will teach you how to make your transformation that lasts with episodes about nutrition, movement, and the all-important art of inner work. Today's episode is inspired by a new feature on the iPhone called Screen Time. It is an app that has apparently created a lot of shame for people that I talk to around their phone usage habits. Even if you don't have an iPhone, this episode is packed with information about how to change your screen habits for the better. And I even mention how to use similar desktop and Android apps. So even if you don't have an iPhone, it will still apply to you. I will be putting a how to use screen time to improve your health video series on our Instagram stories and highlights. So go follow at Beyond Macros on Instagram for a visual guide to what I am talking about on this show. You will only be able to find this on our Instagram. And if you like our style of storytelling on this podcast, that is exactly the kind of storytelling you will get on our Instagram. They will be educational and informational stories. Oh yeah, and we are a company of top shelf nutrition coaches. So if you want someone to help guide you through this notoriously difficult time of year so that you can start 2019 off on the right foot, Head over to beyondmacros.com slash services to learn more and set up your free initial call to learn about what we offer. One of my favorite uh, parts about uh, the program is the, the calls with Matt. Um, uh, selfishly, I think for me, it sometimes feels like I'm joining a podcast that no- I normally just hear uh, smart coaches and people talking about it, but I'm actually participating and talking about my kind of week and getting feedback uh, from Matt. So every single time I've got a bit of uh time with him and to do a check-in i've had a lot of direct kind of learning and takeaways for me to go back and apply and then also hearing uh those conversations um that are happening with other clients is really useful because i see the way he responds as a coach and uh, takes into account uh, their unique kind of situation so i'm learning how, what he's analyzing for and how he's responding to those challenges and i have definitely seen results i've seen my uh, fat um just on the scale on a daily basis has continued to go down uh, from about 212 pounds when I started this program um, and in a couple months went down to 202 pounds and where I started to plateau a little bit but then through the weekly kind of sessions and those uh, group coaching um, calls I did find uh, new approaches that have brought me down this week while on vacation while with my family eating very hearty kind of meals having lots of uh, uh, plentiful high caloric food around I'm actually down further and I'm hitting 193 pounds uh, while on vacation uh, so I'm still um, feeling good not restrictive uh, not like I'm at a loss of energy energy uh, and I think that's the, the, the positive side is I had some skepticism or worry that doing cutting would really take away from my performance at the gym to be able to kind of keep doing Olympic lifting at the uh, level I want to keep recovering uh, but Matt's helped me uh, stay in an area that I feel uh, quite comfortable to perform athletically but also that I've actually seen those numbers go down and I'm still having fun at life I'm not out at kind of meals or with other people and then unable to kind of enjoy um, so those have both been <coughs> great results uh, quantitatively and um, qualitatively just last week Apple released an update to their mobile software I don't know about you, but I usually click remind me later for a few days until it's convenient for me to be away from my phone for 10 minutes while the software updates. That's actually a red flag. 
After a few days of ignoring the notification, I do finally plug my phone in and update it. I did this on Saturday night. And when I turned it back on, I noticed a new widget on my phone when I swiped right to check the weather for my run on Sunday. This new widget, which was in my favorite color, purple, was called screen time. And it was telling me that I stared at my screen for over three hours that day and averaged picking up my phone eight times per hour. Screw you, screen time. You're wrong. I have responsible phone usage habits, and you're an ass for saying otherwise. Is pretty much what was going on in my mind. I checked the weather and went to bed. The next day, I was curious what my new lying little phone spy had to say about me. He said something like, Matt, you really spend a lot of time on Instagram for a guy who claims to hate it. Damn. Caught red-handed. I had been scrolling a lot that day. But I was doing it for content ideas and posting for my business, right? Wrong. Two hours of Instagram goes a bit beyond finding content ideas and making a few posts. I knew something had to change. So I started exploring the new app and was pleasantly surprised to find that the iPhone had actually given me a native tool to help me use my iPhone less. And before I describe how you can use the screen time and similar tools to reduce wasted time scrolling, I need you to understand some important factors that come into play when changing a behavior. To understand those behaviors, let's throw it back to last week's episode with Dr. House, where he told us the five factors that successful dieters share. If you missed that show, I highly recommend going back after this one to listen. Just bangs everything home. Like you look at the four things that are predictive of maintaining long-term weight loss. It's having a high level of activity, having a nutrient dense diet, AKA higher thermic effective food, AKA eating real food, um, not stopping self-monitoring. So maintaining some level of cognitive oversight and then managing habits and environment. Two of those five factors are continued self-monitoring or self-tracking and managing your habits and environment. I will argue that these aren't just factors shared by successful dieters, but factors shared by everyone who has successfully changed their behavior for the better. For dieters, a food journal is an essential self-monitoring tool. First, keeping a food journal makes you think twice about having to put that extra square of chocolate in your journal. Second, it gives you the awareness to identify eating behavior patterns that need to change. If you find that as soon as you eat one square of chocolate, you make your way through the whole bar, you should create a chocolate-free environment and establish a new habit after you finish your meal, like drinking a flavored sparkling water or having a tea instead of trying your best to just nibble on a square of chocolate. For technology dieters, we are both lucky and cursed that the self-monitoring and self-tracking is now automatic. Because it's automatic, it's easy to do. But because you don't have to manually enter it in a journal, the tracking software itself may be less of a deterrent to opening Instagram than a food journal is to eating extra chocolate. Either way, it does still serve as a way to learn how to manage your habits and environment by bringing awareness to the way you use your technology you can start to identify what triggers those bad behaviors in your environment. And you can create an environment that eliminates or minimizes those triggers. 
And removing the triggers makes fixing the habits the easy thing. To quote Robert Sapolsky, moral heroism rarely arises from super-duper frontal cortical willpower. Instead, it happens when the right thing isn't the harder thing. Basically, he's saying, don't rely on willpower to get the job done. Make doing what you want the easy choice. For example, I know I have a tendency to pick up my phone for a quick insta-dopamine hit when it's next to me and work gets challenging. Or if I'm doing something dull like bookkeeping. If that phone isn't next to my computer, then my environment is conducive to what I do want, which is focusing on the task at hand so I can finish it, finish it well, and have more time for doing what I want to be doing. My mom had a very welcome surprise around her technology usage when she changed her technology environment. She switched from having her iPhone to an Apple Watch. I almost never use my phone. I use my phone when I take my mother to the doctor and I just want to distract myself, but I even rarely use it then. For the most part, I'm just with my watch and I never know where my phone is. Yeah. And I use the little ping button on the watch to find my phone. because I really don't ever know where it is. And as you hear, she switched from having habits around scrolling through Twitter and Facebook to not even having those apps available to her, and her life is just as good. When you want to improve your technology habits, this is where I'd start. Make small changes to your technology environment, like keeping your phone in a different room when you're working or sleeping. Apps like Screen Time for iOS have downtime feature. Rescue Time has a focus timer, and that's a desktop app. And Focus Me is for Android, and it allows you to lock yourself out of distracting apps. And I'd encourage you to use these features as an added layer of security against your limbic brain's addiction to technology. The first layer of security should be a technology environment that is set up for you to focus, access and use technological tools that will help you get the job done, and create physical distance from the technology that will distract you from the task at hand. I found that even though my phone is on downtime from 10 p.m. to 2 p.m. every day this week and I'm locked out of distracting apps, I still manage to pick up my phone an average of four times per hour during the lockout period as a function of habit. That would only happen if it was next to my computer while I was working. I added some physical distance by taking my phone away from my computer, so this plus downtime eliminated the option for me to compulsively reach for my phone. It cut that cycle out. So even without my phone next to my computer while I'm working, I am still catching my brain going through the craving pattern and I subconsciously am reaching for the phone. Luckily, the craving isn't being reinforced by the action or reward I get from Instagram or perceived reward. And over the period of this technology diet, I should have new, healthier habit patterns. And to maintain those patterns, it's important that I continue to manage my environment and habits as if I finished up a real diet. 
because those bad habits I had with technology existed for a long time. And in the wrong environment, without self-monitoring, it will be all too easy for me to slip back into old habits and be picking that phone up eight times per hour. They say old habits die hard, but what they forget to tell you is that old habits are just waiting to rise from the dead on a full moon. Before diving into an action plan for improving your technology habits, I want to discuss the shadow side of behavior changes. First, let's talk about the insta-itch. So I was already conscious that I have been developing that, that itch, that like, that insta-itch. This is Nick Deacon, a friend of mine in the fitness industry who was one of the first people I saw starting a dialogue about the new screen time feature. If your phone is near you, and my phone's actually, you know, just always near me, you start getting this itch where it's like, ooh, like, let me see what responses are to this thing I posted or whatever, because uh, over the last month, I've really tried to ramp up my posting as far as um, just kind of an outlet for writing some kind of impromptu articles uh, on Facebook in particular, and putting some stuff out on Instagram and just seeing what the response is, right? I'm just kind of like throwing throwing bait out into the waters and seeing what happens and seeing what, what kinds of things people are responding to. Um, and because I've been doing that in very intentionally, uh, I've been really curious and anxious to see what the responses are, right? So I throw something out there and I'm like, you know, constantly wanting to check it to see, you know, what the bait brought in. And that's one of the dangers right there. First, because you may want to engage and see how your posts on social media are doing, you might be hesitant to even implement some of these new tactics. You might feel like it's important to see what the bait brought in. And a little deeper than that is, you might actually be more distracted by wondering if a post is being reacted to than actually taking the time to check. When I notice the itch to like go and... Um, check a Facebook message or to uh, you know check an Instagram post or something like that. I like consciously say no to myself, and sometimes I oblige and sometimes I don't. But it's it's there, right? It's not just like completely run away, do whatever the hell my my impulses feel like. And although I don't think Nick will fall victim to this, based on his personality. A common trap here that he and all of us should be conscious of is the moral licensing effect. A non-fitness example of moral licensing is this. If you switch to LED light bulbs, which are more energy efficient, you are more likely to leave your lights on. One moral decision makes you feel justified in a seemingly less impactful decision that works against your eco-conscious morals. Even if I gave you a pamphlet with five ways to improve your energy efficiency with a pen for you to pick which you might implement, you will probably start using more energy because you've imagined yourself making these good eco-conscious decisions. It feels good to make a plan to change. You're going to get high on it. You're going to feel really good about yourself even just listening to this episode and pondering the ways in which you might apply the information. And before you've implemented anything, your ego gets some wind under its wings and might think all of your decisions around technology usage are good and justified. 
you might give license to that compulsion to check the response to the post you put up on Facebook because you're the type of person who creates a plan to eliminate irresponsible technology use. Consequently, you may give yourself the license to use technology in any way you feel. But just because you created the plan to use technology responsibly doesn't mean that every way you decide to use technology is productive or responsible. Much of it is compulsive and counterproductive. And to make matters worse, something I consistently see is that people who plan to go on a diet really start eating all their favorite cheap foods right before they start. And then they come to us with some seriously messed up cravings. Increasing a bad behavior after planning to change it is another unfortunate trap that you might run into by planning to use screen time, rescue time, or focus me. So what should you do? In my opinion, make your plan and start today. Go follow us on Instagram at Beyond Macros for videos about how to use each of these apps. Go to the show notes at beyondmacros.com slash 50 to download our technology diet planning worksheet, which also includes detailed instructions about how to use each app mentioned, and commit to starting right away when your motivation is high and before you have the chance to fall into the willpower traps. Shout out to my mom for sharing her experience with technology and a big shout out to Nick Deacon for hopping on a call with me last minute to discuss his experience and plans with screen time. Nick has been sharing some really interesting perspectives on fitness recently, which you can find at facebook.com slash are you the Nick Deacon or nickdeacon.com. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support it is to share it with someone you think can benefit. You can do it right now from your podcast app. Just share this with somebody who you know is already on their phone scrolling through Instagram. They'll see it. You can also screenshot your podcast player and share it to your Instagram story because you're already on there, right? We'll answer any questions and give you a shout out if you do that. And since we are posting the screen time, rescue time, and focus me demos to our Instagram story, you can share those as well if they helped you because then everybody else that's scrolling through Instagram is going to know how to do less of that. As I mentioned last week, I am 100% committed to making this the best fitness podcast around. We will continue to be the leader in telling interesting stories that educate you. And today was an experiment in pulling multiple guest perspectives into one episode. What did you think? Email coaches at beyondmacros.com or leave a review on iTunes to let me know. I appreciate you listening. Make sure you're subscribed, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Much love, Beyond Macronians.